Good day and welcome to KPMG's AI in Control podcast series. We are pleased to launch the first of a four-part podcast series on AI in Control, and in today's podcast, we'll discuss risk and responsibility behind artificial intelligence. My name is Samantha Glody, Managing Director in KPMG's advisory practice in the US, and I'll be your moderator. AI and technologies are enabling the power for insight and decision-making that far exceeds the capabilities of the human mind. This is a massive opportunity, but it also involves risk. There is hesitancy in handing over decisions to machines without being confident in how decisions are made and whether they're fair and accurate. Given recent high-profile incidents of bias and discrimination caused by algorithms that determine such things as creditworthiness, we may be in store for a widening trust gap that businesses must urgently address. Today, I'm joined by my colleagues, Dr. Sander Klaus, Data and Analytics Leader for KPMG in the Netherlands and Professor of Big Data Ecosystem at the University of Amsterdam, as well as Martin Sikowski, Global Emerging Technology Risk Leader at KPMG in the US. Welcome and thank you for joining us today. Let's start with our first question. Sandra, how close are we to developing an artificial intelligence system that is fully capable of doing most of our rudimentary jobs in the front and back office? Personally, I think that AI will probably never fully take over our jobs. We already see now that, that it's taking over the mundane and repetitive tasks of the most simple jobs that we have. And probably in the near future, you will see that it's becoming more important, for example, for planning-related activities like in car services or scheduling tasks for meal delivery. But I think in terms of creativity, we are probably still a long way from jobs being taken over by artificial intelligence. And probably the most interesting parts of our jobs are going to stay with us for a while. And Martin, can we trust the quality of data and insights that AI can currently provide to us to make informed business decisions? So I think the short answer is yes, we can. Although there has been a lot of discussions about how the business executives oftentimes prefer their own intuition over data analytics and artificial intelligence-driven insights, which is quite interesting. And a lot of that has been substantiated through studies and research that's been conducted. I personally think that the needle is moving. The idea of trust and transparency and ability to trust AI is moving in the right direction. Many executives, many chief data scientists and AI leaders are investing pretty heavily into building stronger and greater capabilities around that exact issue. So how do we drive greater trust within the organization, both among the executive leadership as well as the rest of the organization, by focusing on things like change management, focusing on things like governance and training in data science, really with the attempt to remove some of that uncertainty and the black box concept that exists around AI today. They're also trying to build trust and transparency by design. It's not something that you can do after the fact. It's really to drive greater trust, you need to build that at the design and focus on explainability of AI, integrity, fairness, and resilience, among other things. To add on to that, Martin, I think the most interesting part is the explainability part. I mean, there's clearly different stakeholders involved, and you will see different types of explainability depending on what stakeholder you're trying to convince. It can either be 
that you're trying to convince a fellow data scientist. And then it's becoming a very technical type of explanation where you need to explain what algorithm you selected, why you selected that algorithm, what data are you using, how are you training it, all the nifty details you need to be able to explain to the other data scientist or maybe even to an auditor and convince them that you made the right choices. That's a very different type of explainability than I would expect that you would give, for example, in court. And then I would expect much more focus on the process. What kind of measures have you put in place to make sure that you can trust the outcome of an analysis? That's a very different type of explanation than technical details of the algorithm itself. And then I think a third category is actually let's call them the consumers of the results of the insights. So if I ask for a loan at a bank, then I only want an explanation actually if I'm declined the loan. If I get it, I don't need an explanation at all. And if I am declined the loan, then the only explanation that I want is what do I need to do in order to get it next time. So it's three very different types of explanations depending on what the stakeholder actually is. Yeah, and I would say that the technical explanation is probably the easiest one, right? It's the consumer that's more difficult. It's the executives because that has to do more with trust and transparency and less kind of logical technical explanations. So completely agree. Thanks, Martin. The Turing test was once known as the good predictor of AI capabilities and limits. Is that method still used today? And if not, what are the other tests being done to measure AI's ability to sync? Maybe, Sandy, you can answer that question for us. The Turing test certainly is still quite relevant today. I wouldn't say that it's the ultimate test that you want to do, but it's still, the principles behind it are still nice to give classification of the artificial intelligence level that you're looking at. I think the real question is being more towards empathy. I remember writing a blog for the World Economic Forum a while back uh, where I was wondering if we would ever be able to assign empathy to an AI algorithm. And it depends a little bit on what you mean by empathy. For example, if this is an algorithm that would run as part of a robot that would take care of our elderly, then I think it can come a long way to at least mimic empathy as we know it. So it could listen very carefully. It could provide the right answers at the right times, depending on the mood of the patient, etc. I think that level of empathy we can probably reach with artificial intelligence. But if I think about the real empathy, I gave an example of a case that we had in the Netherlands where we had a couple of Armenian kids that, that lived their entire life in the Netherlands. And at a certain point, it was decided that they had to be sent back to Armenia because of the ways that fugitives are handled by our laws. And then finally, one of our ministers made the call saying, you know, this is inhumane. We cannot send these kids back. They grew up in the Netherlands. They are basically Dutch and we should keep them here. And the very words inhumane already tells you that this is a decision that you would only trust humans to take. And artificial intelligence is by definition not humane. So I don't expect that there is a moment in time, at least not near, where we would trust AI to make the decision what we consider humane and what we consider inhumane. Thanks so much, Sander. That was really insightful. Now to the next question. Is AI unsafe? How can we prevent cyber threats and other risks from interfering with the integrity of AI systems? Martin, can you address this question for us? 
AI certainly comes with a set of risks and challenges. Some of those are traditional risks and challenges. Some are what I would consider to be net new to AI. And Sander touched upon some of those key considerations or unique considerations a minute ago. And we continue to see a lot of high-profile news about how AI can be biased. And we've seen some major organizations and major brands get it wrong in front of everyone's eyes, which has clearly impacted their brand reputation and perception by the public and trust by the public. And this includes large technology companies who showed bias around the recruiting processes. This includes large banks with unfair lending practices when AI was deployed in some cases there. We've seen retailers exposing sensitive data about their customers, and we've seen healthcare providers on how they're applying patient care in sometimes unfair fashion when relying fully on AI algorithms. So again, we've seen more and more use cases around AI gone wrong than I think anyone would like to see. And and it's clear that news outlets tend to focus more on the negative stories than talking about the positives. We're not completely surprised by that. But what's interesting is that none of these events occurred as a result of malicious activity. Instead, they were all inadvertent or unintended outcomes and consequences of leveraging algorithms. No one wanted to apply discriminatory practices in lending or around recruiting or around patient care. Clearly, that's not the case. But again, this is sometimes an intended outcome. So the challenge becomes, do we understand the net new of AI? How can we shed more light on the black box of AI? And how do we focus on governance? And how do we focus on what we call anchors of trust, like fairness, explainability, integrity, resilience, and also accountability? So we know kind of what could go wrong now. The question becomes, how do we embed leading practices around AI to drive greater trust and transparency and and accountability? And the last question that we tend to pose with the clients we work with is around knowing what questions to ask and what to look for. What are some of the key performance indicators of AI, but also what are the key risk indicators? When do we know that bias is being produced or introduced? How do we know if or when we're not being ethical, when we have every intention to be ethical? And how do we know when things are starting to go wrong? And that's a unique net new to AI because AI models tend to continue to evolve and change over time as those models become more complex, as new data sets are being introduced. So again, I think if AI is safe, if you proactively approach it and build the proper mechanism and are able to know what to look for and build monitoring capabilities to make sure that if your AI is doing what it's supposed to be doing, if it strays from that over time, you have ways to identify that and mitigate that later on. I think a large part of this actually relates to the lack of maturity of the field still. If you look at cybersecurity, if I would go 10, 15 years back in cybersecurity and see how cybersecurity experts would present what kind of measures you need to take in order to be cybersecure, basically their answer would be you need to build incredibly high walls around your organization so nobody can break in. And by doing that, you would make sure that your systems are safe. If I would ask the same experts now about cybersecurity and how to deal with that as an organization, they would tell me, well, you know, you you cannot build these walls high enough so nobody gets in. And by the way, if they are becoming too high, it also means that the people that do have to get in 
will have a more difficult time and they will experience all kinds of downsides. So rather than just trying to build these walls so high, um, why don't we put in monitoring systems? Why don't we put in systems that are able to deal with situations where people actually are doing stuff that they are not supposed to do, uh, rather than doing all these preventive measures? So you're looking at cost of control. You're looking at what kind of information you're actually are protecting. How valuable is that information? If it becomes more valuable, then the walls get higher. Uh, but you also take into consideration what the downsides are of incredible cybersecurity protection measures. And I think that's still a step that we need to take in AI. We need to understand that AI is never going to be perfect. Every algorithm will make mistakes. And um, rather than trying to invest in making these algorithms flawless, you should think about things like cost of control. What kind of measures do we have to put in place to make sure that when an algorithm makes a mistake, we actually discover that it makes a mistake and we know how to handle these mistakes. And I think when we are able to do that, then we are able to get into discussions around cost of control, which makes the whole field more mature and which also manages the expectations of the outside world a whole lot better than is being done now. Thanks so much, Sander. So continuing on this theme, Martin, is it too early or too late to start implementing controls on how AI can function properly and in line with an organization strategy? I don't think it's too early or too late to start focusing on what we consider to be responsible adoption and scale of AI. I think the time is prime, especially in the context of AI becoming more impactful and at scale for many organizations, right? It's less of a technology that's being worked in the back rooms of an enterprise. It's becoming a technology that's a Horizon 1, Horizon 2 type of technology that's business critical for many of the enterprises that I know I work with. So certainly not too early, certainly not too late. I'm encouraged by the fact that I see many organizations starting to ask the right questions. How do we build better governance? How do we build better controls? around AI, how do we industrialize our AI capabilities, regardless of whether we have 15 data scientists or 15,000 data scientists, regardless of whether we have one or two key AI algorithms or if we have 150 algorithms or 1,500 algorithms. A lot of great discussion about building better capabilities around governing AI, around controlling AI, around transparency and trust, which is great to see. And Sandra talked a little bit earlier about the different stakeholders within an enterprise and building greater trust and transparency and governance and controls over AI is really everyone's responsibility. That'll drive better algorithms, that'll drive better compliance, that will drive better accountability. So all those trends that we're seeing in the marketplace are very good and very important in order for us to be able to scale AI to the level we want to scale it to in order for us to achieve the vicious outcomes that we hope to achieve over time. One of the interesting trends that we've been observing in the marketplace is around AI as a service. And we're seeing new capabilities that are emerging across the market around both around building AI, management of AI, and monitoring of AI. One of the things I think is critical as we talk about better governance and better controls of AI is the ability to monitor performance of algorithms over time. And not just monitor for performance, but also monitor for risk. So making sure that there's a retained integrity of models, making sure that there is fairness and there's no 
unintended bias, making sure that there is integrity and resilience and explainability of models over time. So if I look at what's happening at the moment in the world on artificial intelligence, you see this new role appearing where there is a need for independent organizations to provide trust in the outcomes of algorithms. It's very similar to what we've seen before in accountancy, where you needed independent firms to provide trust in annual reports. If you look at the capabilities that you need in order to be able to provide that trust in artificial intelligence, you're looking at technical skills. You're looking at independent skills. You're looking at skills in terms of cybersecurity. All of these skills are actually sitting already in the big four firms. So what I would expect in the next couple of years to happen, if this is actually happening at scale, that the big four firms have a very important role to play for society in order to safeguard that the artificial intelligence that is being developed and being implemented is actually trustworthy and serving the right purposes for us as a society. Thank you, Sandra and Martin, for your time today. I think we've had a really insightful discussion and some really interesting perspectives. Thanks to everyone for listening and be sure to join us for our next podcast episode on ethics and AI.